This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. What's that in the sky? A bird? A plane? A penis? Thanksgiving Minutia. Where did I park my car 20 years ago? I knew it was here. The man who brought baseball to Nazi Germany. And Rick's brush with chicken soup for the soul author, Mark Victor Hansen. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia, Minutia Men, Men with Rick and Dave. Welcome to another episode of Minutia Men with Rick Kemper and Dave Stern. And we are rocking you today with some Minutia. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! What, what what have you done this morning, my buddy? This is not like the usual slow muscula is a, a mollusk like movement of my buddy Rick. Bring Who it is up, this, baby? <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. What is what is going on? A little uh, high octane coffee today, or what? What's going on? Yeah, I am on on cup seventeen or eighteen right now. <laughs> so, All right, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we have a. Oh, hey, by the way, uh, as far as coffee goes, I just want to thank you for fetching me a cup uh, when we were at the book signing yesterday or the day before with uh, Mitch Michaels over at the uh, record show. Um, I sent Dave to get some coffee. He looked at me like I was uh, like a sexual harasser. <laughs> no, I love serving you. Yeah. I really do. That uh, and then when Mi- really- and then when you came back with the cups and Mitch said chop chop, yeah, and you yeah. you took the creamers that you had in your hand and the uh, and the packets of sugar and you threw them right at him. Which I the, thought that was nice. That was a nice moment. That, that wasn't creamer. That was my mucus because I spit <laughs> in the little cups and I re. Hey, speaking I of your mucus, uh, I walked in the yeah. other day and my wife was listening to an old uh, podcast. She uh, mm-hmm. occasionally listens to Minutia Men. And she said, do you ever talk to Dave about his post-nasal drip? <laughs> what? Yeah. Did we, uh, you, did must we, have had, you must have been really uh, sniffy one episode. Well, as we were listening to our podcast on the way to John's Landecker's um, signing, have we done a podcast since then? No. No. Right? No. So we drove up to... Um, Indiana, which we do three or four times a week, uh, it seems like. And we listened to the podcast from the episode beforehand, and I'm like, man, I really sound like a sniffy, snorky, mucus-filled human being. Can you tell that? I mean, do I always do I always sound this way? Since 1981, that's uh, <laughs> when I met you. But maybe before that, maybe uh, maybe it wasn't that way. But I thought I actually, because my allergies were actually pretty good this year, but I guess I'm just always a sniffly guy, I uh, guess. When Dave was in college radio, he uh, tried to sign up to be part of the production department. And, and if you don't know radio, production department means you do the voicing of the commercials. And he uh, he tried out for it. And the woman <laughs> who ran the department said, yeah. a little nasally. <laughs> yeah, and then my career ended right there. And too much of a Chicago accent, if I remember right. Isn't yeah, that true? I popped, I popped too many of my peas, too, I yeah. think is what she said. Um, who was that girl? What was her name? Um, 
I don't remember which girl. Was it Cheryl Spetnagel or uh, Joe Marie Fredericks? I don't know. One I don't remember. T- one of the I, two of them. I, I don't think it was Joe Marie because she was much nicer. Yeah, I think it was Cheryl. Cheryl. Yeah. Okay. So uh, sorry so. about that, Dave. And I know I, I bring up uh, a sore subject when I talk about your nasaliness. Um, uh, I, yeah. I actually, again, like I said, I thought that my nasaliness was better. But listening to that podcast, I'm like, wow, I really, I'm really a sniffly snorky guy <laughs> well your nickname is snorky <laughs> gee i did now i know why <laughs> okay all right so we uh, have some minutia today yeah q tape oh right yeah hang on um this one this week's minutia with rick and dave all right rick there are very few things in life that you can count on right uh and i you know i'm talking about absolutes like absolute truths in life um death and taxes right well yeah and well like for instance look what happened last year we thought that we were able to get our heads around the cubs being terrible and then they win the world series right right so so but there is one absolute or or foundation of humanity that i think we can always say is going to be consistent is that no matter how old a man gets or how successful a man gets or how much responsibility a man gets he'll still have the maturity level of a middle schooler right <laughs> don't you think yeah that's pretty guaranteed <laughs> all right this this story comes out of oak harbor washington headline u.s navy left red-faced after pilot draws enormous outline of a penis in the sky saw, did you see the story i saw the picture which was absolutely hilarious I know, I know. uh the naval air station whidbey island in washington admitted one of his air on one of their air, aircrafts was involved in drawing a lewd phallic image in the sky on thursday was that that was a beatles song wasn't it yeah. penis in the sky <laughs> uh, residents of the was town- Nor- i think that was norman greenbaum <laughs> Uh, residents of the town of uh, Schwanzville, Washington, uh, actually Oconagon, uh, in the western state or uh, in the western part of the state of Washington, were stunned Thursday to see that an EA 18G Growler jet, uh, a variant of the workhorse, the FA 18 warplane, Rick, uh, scrawled an enormous schlong in like exhaust or what I, what I, you know, I don't know. How does a. Uh, Airplane make air writing. I don't know how they do it. Um, Navy officials acknowledge that their crew, and they have not released their names, uh, but they're Navy, right? So they're they're seamen, right? (laughs) So Seaman Beavis and Seaman Butthead uh, basically got in this big old jet, this EA-18G Growler, and decided, hey, you know, we got nothing to do. I mean, it's not like where you know it's not like the north koreans are gonna bomb us or anything let's just make an enormous johnson in the air imagine the, imagine the work that was required to plan this out right because <laughs> if you look at it you know the there's the stock if right, you will right. and then there's yeah, the sure. then there's the uh, the two uh there's like a a figure eight underneath it shit right. sideways I, figure eight let's put it that yeah. way and then they have the little mushroomy thing, right, on yeah. the top. I mean, it's very elaborate. I, you know, you got to tip your cap. I think they did a great job. I really do. 
Um, a fit, a fit, I love this quote here. The officials also added that the Navy holds its air crew to the highest standards, and we find this absolutely unacceptable of zero training value, and we are holding the crew accountable. I love how they threw uh, the the uh, zero training value. Yeah, we don't tell our guys to do this. Okay, this hey, is the. Hey, you don't have to this, be a dick about it. <laughs> So uh so again there you go there's a perfect well okay um, so now evidence let me ask you this question uh, man to man uh yeah are the boner jokes still allowed are you, because you know we're in a uh site in the in the zeitgeist there is a moment happening and that is the whole sexual harassment world where people are dropping like flies left and right oh i know and I every know. man in america is reassessing his entire sexual history from the moment he became active until present day. And except oh. for maybe a couple like Roy Moore and Donald Trump, but everybody else in America <laughs> is reevaluating. Is well, reevaluating. Remember, remember when that song was it Billy Squire, the Stroke Me song? Do you yeah. remember that? Oh, sure. Uh, I remember singing that in the company of women. Oh, I mean, you think know, about think friends, every right, rock course. and roll song. I mean, how many Van Halen songs are about hot chicks? You know, uh, you know, put down the the seat back, bend over. You know, I mean, come on. The um, but no, I agree with you that. What do you do for we, money, honey? ACDC, rest in peace, Malcolm def, Young, and Defford the Def Leppard, the pour some the, sugar on me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or ZZ Top. Yeah, My God, right. Top. Exactly. Pearl necklace. I mean, come on. I'm, sur- I'm surprised those guys haven't gotten nabbed for sexual harassment. This easy top snake guys. boogie. <laughs> right. And what's exactly. that about exactly? <laughs> yeah. Right. So. Well, what about Ted Nugent? Cat scratch fever, wang dang, sweet poon tang. You know, the uh, rock and roll. If you're gonna, if you're gonna start doing. Uh, sexual harassment wait don't wait until this hits the rock and roll world oh i would think that well wasn't it was it def leppard that would they would have sex with their fans during the concert like they would have long musical i don't know interludes or whatever and then there would be like a little shack behind the stage where for real they i i think so i don't know if it was def leppard or i think there was some heavy metal or rock band in the 80s that actually had sex during during the show wow yeah and that's efficient rick i guess that's good time management but again this is um just testament and evidence that no matter how responsible you are i i mean i bet the dalai lama at one point has done a schlong joke don't (laughs) you think i know i know i you know and i i've i've been guilty of it i know i have I, I used to my my favorite joke was always there's a promotion in my pants you want to see if you can find it, which I could be taken the wrong way if you look at it really if you look at it. Thank God you were never successful. You'd exactly, on, I was never in a position to take advantage of this. Right. right, you were just a cute harmless guy saying that. Oh look, look how oh, cute Rick he, is. Isn't he cute? <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm glad to see that penis skywriting jokes are still okay and if not we'll find out soon uh, i also found out and this is actually pretty funny another skywriting joke a few years ago have you ever heard of the comedian kurt (laughs) brownholer that's not his real name 
That is his real name. Uh, Kurt, Brown, Kurt Brownholer um, had a skywriter wrote right over Los Angeles, downtown Los Angeles. Um, how do I land? Oh, that's it's funny. Sky- that's funny, wasn't it? Yeah. And that, um, yeah, no penis. Not as funny as a penis. Right. But there you go. So there you go. That's Skyro. That's our Washington. What's wrong with Washington piece? Okay. Well, that's a good one. It's uh, it's time for a minutia quiz. Are you ready for this, Dave? Sure. Oh, well, first the audio. Time now for a minutia man. Minutia man. Minutia quiz. So of course it's Thanksgiving, um, and we need to. Uh oh. Are you still there, Dave? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, so I, I have to confess something. I have a uh, a bit of a computer issue going on. I have a, uh, a printer downstairs that does not have ink, which I found out right when I was about to print out some of the stories that we're working on today. <laughs> so I'm uh, doing this on the computer, and my computer froze up for me for a second, but I'm ready to go. You ready? Your ad-libbing skills are just remarkable. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanksgiving minutia, uh, minutia quiz. Now, everybody knows the story of the first Thanksgiving. Why don't you tell us the story, Dave? Uh, well, the... the well, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, this um, is going to be a tough quiz for you. Okay, so the, Indian, the Indians and the pilgrims, they were like having a harvest the thanksgiving around this time when it was beginning to get cold they sat down and i don't know pocahontas was there but he was having a big old time and they <laughs> and they had great time not there. <laughs> what, or not, i don't know elizabeth warren was there everything was great i don't know uh, i really don't know it was back in i don't know 1492 i really don't know i really don't <laughs> wow <Sorry>. okay <laughs> wow God, I, I, th- I have to, I have to prod this, this, this a little more often. Sometimes I'm going to well, find out some great stuff about you. No, Indians and Pilgrims had a nice. They, they, they put aside their differences, and in like in Abraham Lincoln's time or whatever, <laughs> okay. he decided. Well, no, Abraham Lincoln. Oh, okay, you're saying Lincoln was there. He said, "Please pass the turkey," and then Thanksgiving no. was formed. <laughs> no, Lincoln in like 18, whatever, 60, whatever, decided that we should have a day of thanks in November. It didn't even make a proclamation okay. and like an executive order to thanks. I don't know. Tell me. Okay. Right, well, whatever. Well, I've got some questions that, that I wanted to poke into like the real trivia of Thanksgiving, but I could ask you, I could ask Just, you the most basic right. facts and you would right. not know the answer. So I think I'm going to be in pretty good shape on this quiz. Yeah. Okay. yeah I, Indians, like I said, Indians, pilgrims. Hey, thanks for coming. Let's eat turkey. I okay. don't know. Really don't. Well, I, to be okay. fair to you, this is the yeah, this I, is a story that we learn in like third grade. Exactly. And we and never discuss it again because we don't right, really exactly. care. We're just it's just a day to watch football and have and give thanks. Right. It doesn't right. really. Do we really care about the pilgrims on the Mayflower or any of that stuff? We no, don't. The, Let's be honest. We well, don't. Yeah, they were kind of religious nuts, <laughs> zealots, and they weren't that uh, nice to the Indians in the long term. Right, we don't have a small box, a smallpox blanket giveaway, right? Right, during our Thanksgiving holiday. So, anyways, give me the damn quote. Okay, the Native American Indians who celebrated the first Thanksgiving dinner with the Pilgrims were from which tribe? Okay, were they mm-hmm. a the Cherokees, b the Mohicans, c the Wampanoags? Or D, the Pequots? 
I say the Ho-Chunks. <laughs> no, it was not the Ho-Chunks. <laughs> uh, D, the Pico, the Pekingese. I don't no, know. No, I it's don't. the Wampanoag. Wampanoag is the answer. <laughs> the Wampanoag Indians assisted the pilgrims in their first year, shared in the first Thanksgiving dinner, and their chief was named Massasoit. Okay. Uh, Massasoit Wipanog? Is that do they use the last name then? That's just a of the tribe. That's just a ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. The Pilgrims Sounds- three days Thanksgiving festival, which was okay. a feast for fifty colonists and ninety Indians, was prepared by the surviving married women among the pilgrims. Okay. The women made all the food for one hundred and forty people. How many were there? A two, B four. C seven or D fifteen, and this is the married women that prepared the meal. Yep, two. There were four. That's oh, a okay. good guess, though. I see you, you, you think you're thinking of going the uh, against the grain, right? Uh, chop, chop. Get me a cup of coffee. That's what you would say to the four of them, right? I imagine four women though making dinner for 140 people. In the days when there were no stoves, you know what I mean, or yeah, or microwaves, yeah, or canned, or canned pumpkin mix, <laughs> right? Exactly. Where did they get the cranberries? <laughs> That's a good point. How many U.S. presidents could claim Mayflower Mayflower ancestry? So, how many U.S. presidents have any ancestry that comes through the Mayflower? Is it a zero, b one? C five or D eight. I say one. No, the number is eight. Believe it or really? not, really, eight U.S. presidents had at least one descendant that could claim Mayflower ancestry. George H. W. Bush had was the descendant of two Mayflower passengers. John Howland and Francis Cook. Other U.S. presidents are John Adams, and then, of course, you know, John Quincy Adams, Zachary Taylor, Ulysses S. Grant, James Garfield, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and George W. Bush. All had at least one relative that was on the Mayflower. Was Is there a Kenyan Thanksgiving? Because then, obviously, <laughs> Obama can be... That would be uh, all right. So anyway, there's there's a quiz. No prizes, but we do give prizes on this show for other things. Uh, and we do. And would you like me to tell you our winner in our retweet contest is Frank Selmick from Pullman, Washington. And Pullman, Washington is actually only 370 miles from uh, where the Dingus Air Show was uh, in in Washington. So congratulations to Frank. He gets an Amish Chicago mug coffee mug we should explain what that is Uh, we used to have a radio uh, production house amish chicago advertising and it was actually doing quite well until rick woke up one morning and goes yeah i don't want to do this anymore and dissolve the company (laughs) that was that was nice and but i still have coffee mugs so frank (laughs) selnick from pullman washington will be receiving a coffee mug he's going to be receiving rick's book father knows nothing which is a great Uh, book He's also going to be receiving a crying cub T-shirt because I'm sure in Washington, big cub fans yeah. there. Uh, and actually, I was going to give him a bonus Thanksgiving. I'm going to name a pothole after Frank Selmick. Wow! Too. Yeah, and he'll, he's going to get a uh, pothole certificate with uh, 
official pothole certificate with a pothole named in his honor. And and how so does how does one join the uh, the ranks of the winners like Frank? Uh, all you have to do is retweet and follow us on Twitter. Uh, you'll retweet one of our posts. And then I compile a big list of all of our retweeters. I randomly pick one of them, and you can win. You retweet and re, but you have to follow us as two. This is kind of a cheap way to getting new followers. I don't know. If Do you, you know, know that you can also now follow Minutia Men on iHeartRadio app? Yeah. I did. I saw that. I saw that from the email from the home office. You just search uh, for Minutia Men and then follow to hear all of the latest episodes. And you can also subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher, uh, Google Play. And you can go to the Radio Misfits Podcast uh, Network uh, website, which is radiomisfits.com, and check out all the other great shows. Listen, comment, rate, and subscribe. Yeah. So that is – so there, congratulations goes out to Frank Selmick. Okay. Do you have any uh, further minutia for Um, us? this story Wait, actually you, i didn't get a i didn't get a bell ring for any of my minutiae that i gave you about thanksgiving rick uh, I, did, I didn't want to tell you this but the minutia men bell broke uh it was a crappy one dollar you know dollar store hotel bell you know and uh the plastic base broke on the bottom of it okay. and so i have to i have to go raid petty cash and get a new one well, this I, one, I think we have to vote on this as a uh, an expenditure of our company i vote yes okay i vote yes too we'll okay. just well if it's radio misfits merchandise don't we can't we get them to pay for it let's send them a bill man finds car 20 years after forgetting where he parked it <laughs> This is actually weird. Frankfurt, Germany. You would think that the Germans would know exactly where they parked their cars. Must be an immigrant. This week, an elderly German man was reunited with his car 20 years after he forgot where he parked it. Uh, his report, he reported his car missing to the police in Frankfurt in 1997. Wow. And the, and the city authorities have just found it. The car was on a, to- on a parking garage on top of a building that was about to be demolished. And so they're about to demolish it. They go, hey, here's here's this guy's because they didn't name, you know, Klaus's car. They haven't named the guy the name because he's because this guy's embarrassed. Yeah. Because he's like the, he's a German that doesn't, you know, doesn't isn't efficient. Right. Uh, and this man gets to find his car 20 years later. That reminded me of a story. And actually, this is a pretty uh, humiliating story um, about I want to say 15 or 20 years ago. It was actually a fairly long time ago. I flew to Pittsburgh. I had to go to Pittsburgh on business, and I was just going to spend the day in Pittsburgh. I was going to come right back home. And I flew out of Midway Airport, and it was really early flight. It was like a, oh, my God, it was like a 5 o'clock flight. I mean, it was just ridiculous. So I fly out of Midway, and I get home, and I take a cab home. When I got home, I realized I had driven to the airport. <laughs> you had left your car. And Midway Airport is not close to yeah. where I live. I mean, it was So it was like a $60 cab ride to get home. And then I had to get on the train and go another hour to And, and to pay an extra hour of parking, right? Well, that's true. You're right. I didn't even think of that. So, yeah. That so is I, a uh, really inefficient day. I, yeah. I've, I've lost my car before in a parking lot, so haven't you? I mean... Remember that one time when we were going to a Pink Floyd show 
and uh, I, we went to dinner beforehand, and we mm-hmm. all parked in this lot. I mean, if you've ever been to the uh, the Rosemont uh, area where they've got that weird parking lot where nothing seems to connect to the to the main section there where all the restaurants are. It gets very confusing for especially for a a pea brained uh, individual like myself. Uh, Rosemont, I was I was sorry to interrupt. Rosemont is a really weird place, isn't it? Yes. I mean th- that it's like this little it's like Disney World almost. I mean without the fun. Yeah. But 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 you're right. That parking garage. It's like you can't even figure out how to get out of the parking garage or get in it. You know, it's right. and then once you're in it, you're like, okay, where do I go now? And you know, there's no signs or anything. And but anyway, uh, so I got lost there one time, and you ha- had my Pink Floyd ticket, and you were waiting outside for me as I <laughs> we were on the phone, and I'm running up and down the the <laughs> the decks of this parking garage. Got <laughs> I'm you know clicking my button. <laughs> trying to see a little uh, beep 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 and you're like would you get here the show is starting like, i can't find my car uh it was a great show though <laughs> it was it was. It was okay well i think that's it for uh our uh our parking space feature is which means we now lead to uh, another one which is about the cubs time now for a collection of cub geekness this is just one bad century with rick and dave so this is the part of the show where i talk about our uh, our many uh cub features on the website just one bad century.com and and i talked to you about this briefly yesterday but we are entering my least favorite part of the year and that is the part of the year where I have to go and update our feature called Every Cub Ever and replace and 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 add all the new cubs that have played this year so that we are up to date and current. And it takes several weeks of time. Again, if somebody several. had talked to me before I started this project, I really would have appreciated just a, a little word like, hey, Rick. That's going to be a pain in your ass for the rest of your life. That would have several, been helpful. How has it taken several weeks? I mean, how many new players played on the Cubs? Probably it couldn't be like, that many. Oh yeah, there were probably like twenty-five new players this year. Well, I guess with the September call-ups and whatever, right? I mean, that's yeah. the big. There are big guys issue. that play for like one game or two games, uh, you know, and then they're back down in the minors or you know pitchers or. You know, it just it's it's a very time consuming process. I you know I I imagine Theo Epstein is a big fan of this podcast. He's probably just bringing people up to fuck with you when it comes to this, right? Could be. Yeah. Well, right. let me tell you about one of the people that is featured who is celebrating a birthday this week, and his name is Les Man. Les mm-hmm. Man. If I was a baseball player, that would be my name. <laughs> that is your name. Uh, he played for the Cubs from 1916 to 1919, and uh, they nick- his nickname was Major. They called him uh, because of the World War One flying ace, Major Harry Man. So he was known as Major Man. He was uh, an outfielder for the Cubs uh, the first season that they played at Wrigley Field. Um, he was also part of the Federal League Wales the season before that and became famous for a few things that he did off the field more really than his on the field 
which was he was pretty good, a pretty good player. But he he was the leader of the player revolt during the 1918 World Series, where they tried to strike in the middle of the series to get better uh, better shares of money. And that that uh, strike was ended quickly by John F. Kennedy's grandfather uh, threatening to go out and tell the fans that people were striking, that the players were striking. Ended that uh, ended that debate quickly. Then later in his career, he also turned in his former teammate, Giants pitcher Phil Douglas, for cheating. Turned in cheating. his teammate. Yes. What was he doing? Was he a pitcher? He was Who was the guy? He was throwing a game. He was, you know, no. not not throwing, not pitching a game. He was throwing it, and Les Man turned him in. And then, so Les Les Man's the guy who asks for more homework than basically, <laughs> right? Exactly. Then in 1936, after his playing days were over, he convinced the World Olympic Committee to add baseball as an exhibition event, and he brought two teams over to play in Nazi Germany for the 1936 Olympics. Really? Yeah. I didn't even... So baseball was that early as an exhibition sport? Yep, just one time, just one game. He brought two teams, they played, and they drew a larger crowd in Berlin than has ever attended or then had ever attended a World Series game in America up to that point. So my mom could have possibly attended that game. Yeah. Being, of course, my mom was in the 1936 Olympics as a schoolgirl. That's true. Um, wow. That's, now that is, well, who is, wasn't it Mo Berg? Right. Who was the Nazi spy or the, the American spy during World War II? That was, was Mo Berg. Mo- yeah. It was Mo Berg. Was that the same year? I know uh, that was later. That was in the 40s. Okay. But, uh, yeah, Mo Berg was a White Sox player, a former White Sox player. So we're, and he was, and he was a spy, right? I right. mean, isn't that what he? Right. So we'll never be talking about him during the Just One Bad Century feature because that's about the Cubs. See, the Just Bad, the the Just One Bad White Sox website that is never going to happen because i'm not going to be as big of an idiot as you are to devote all this time to a baseball team thank you very much it's time for our final feature a random name pulled out of rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities mixture collection selection assemblage medley assortment variety time now for celebrity potpourri with rick and dave this is the part of the show where dave reaches his hand into the costco jar and pulls out a name of a celebrity and I have to tell the story of having met that celebrity. I have no idea who this person is. Mark Victor Hansen? Mark Victor Hansen was the uh, one of the co-authors of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. Oh, okay. Right? So um, I met him in 1999, and I remember the year because uh, it was a uh, – I entered a contest. I entered a writing contest when I was part of Landecker's show. And, you know, every part of my show prep every day was to go through all the newspapers. And I saw this story in the Daily Herald about a writing contest being sponsored by Diet Coke. And you had to send in a an essay, you know, I think it was 700 words or less about living life to the fullest. Oh, because of Pepsi. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Right. And I had a poem that I had written that I thought kind of sounded like living life to the fullest. It was a, you know, a kid's poem. Um, and so I sent it in and, and didn't really think twice about it. And then 
I was taking a nap one day and, and Bridget came up to the, to wake me up. Um, because in those days I was doing the morning show. So I took a nap every day and she said, there's somebody on the line from uh, New York, uh, that says you have won a contest of some kind. So I didn't even remember at this point that I had submitted anything for this contest. And I found out, I didn't know what the prize was. I didn't know anything. And it turned out the prize was a trip to New York to meet best-selling authors dying at the, uh, like the Algonquin table where Dorothy Parker used to hang out and mm-hmm. stay, stay in the Plaza Hotel. And it was a huge deal. I mean, there were TV crews there <laughs> following me oh, around. Yeah. I remember NBC did it there. NBC Chicago did a piece yes. on you. And I still remember you getting out of the limo. Yeah. That was a big <laughs> deal. They followed me around with a camera. It was like the weirdest thing. Well, anyway, one of the people that I met that day was Mark Victor Hansen, who was one of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. And I had been told who I was going to meet in advance, so I had checked out some of these books. I'd never read it before. And I thought, well, this is very inspiring. These stories are about, you know, the human spirit and finding the, the best within yourself. And and I sat right next to Mark Victor Hansen at the table, and I started talking to him about it. And I realized within about 30 seconds that he was like a... Like one of these uh, hit, uh, shyster guys, you know. He's like, <laughs> so here's what I did. You know, I found out that, that people people love this crap. You know, they they eat it up. Like, are That's you awesome. kidding me? I it was I was really crushed. I was crushed by this. He's like, yeah, you know. It was, so it's a marketing plan. Now we're gonna do chicken soup for the uh, knee. Chicken soup for the you know. <laughs> we're gonna have a million of these. We're gonna make a fortune. <laughs> we're gonna get coffee cups and souvenir plastic cups and whatever exactly that's what this guy was I, you know I, I i'm sure he's a very nice man in other ways but he is not a chicken soup for the soul kind of guy let's put it that way the um do you think that the the air the airmen or the seamen that drew the penis in the sky did they do that right after they read some chicken soup for the soul you know, and because they were inspired to, you know, to present their message to the masses like yeah, that could be. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think so. No. Uh, and, then, you know, the, the other thing at, at the end of our lunch and I was, you know, we we're sitting at the at the round table in the Algonquin room where Dorothy Parker and her wicked circle would sit, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, I also had to research that. I mean, I really at that time, I had no interest in becoming an author or a writer or anything. I just it wasn't even in my mind. So it was kind of, and part of the prize also was going to all the publishing houses. I went to Random House. I went to uh, Penguin Putnam. I met with, uh, you know, Harper Collins. It was like if I had known at that time that I, and had some actual uh, manuscript ready to go, I would have been golden. Yeah, but then you wouldn't have started Eckhart's Press, that's a publishing company. So it all works out good. But I do remember. The, uh, I remember the the video of you getting out of the limo. Well, at the end, was, so at the end of the lunch, he says to me, uh, "Hey, I've got tickets to Miss Saigon. You want to come with us to to see the uh, show? You know, he's yeah. you know, and those are you know not cheap seats. But I was like, yeah, no, uh, thanks. Hey, <laughs> it's real nice of you to offer, but you know, we're gonna like I don't know, go, walk. We're gonna yeah. go to Rockefeller." plaza or something you know yeah i've had enough of meeting you people you know you you don't know who i am okay i'm still sleepy from you interrupting my nap two weeks ago 
Did, yeah. uh, didn't didn't you do a bit on Landecker's show about how much you paid for breakfast? It was a corned beef sandwich. That, I mean, okay. the, the, he asked me, so what is the most shocking thing that happened to you there? And this is 1999. The most shocking thing was paying $14.95 for a corned beef sandwich at, at Carnegie Deli. I thought that it wasn't was even outrageous. That, it wasn't even that good, probably. No, it? it was awesome. If you want deli food, go to New York. That's, I once went to, was it Stages Deli? And Billy Crystal was there. Really? Yeah, he was just at a table. I mean, everybody, no one really bothered him. You know, it's New York. You probably see Billy Crystal all over the place. But he was right there. I kind of waved. He kind of waved back. Well, what, at so, one of the places that they took us out to dinner one night, and at the table next to us was, uh, what's his name? Uh, Steven Rhea. Do you know who he is? He was an actor. I believe he was in The Crying Game. Mm, and then at a table, like uh, two tables over, Mark McEwen, former uh, Chicago Loop uh, disc mm-hmm. jockey, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, currently a weatherman, I believe. Or at that time, he was a weatherman at CBS. So it was like, you know, hobnobbing with the celebs. <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a Mark Victor Hansen next to you? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, exactly. Modern uh, Barnum and Bar, what is PT Barnum? Yeah. But good for it. I always like hearing stories about people that can shill, good shillers that make. Uh, this guy's one of the best of salesmen money. of all time. So you got to tip your cap to him. To find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check out EckhartsPress.com, also ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. If you'd like to reach us, you can drop us a line at MinutiaManPodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Tony Lasano of Opi Productions, who's our executive producer. We've been distributed by Ed Silla of the uh, Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and we'll be back again next week with another episode of Minutiaman. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Are you still there, Dave? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, good.